Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to the MatchNet Podcast. It's your best brother and sister, your lovely older brother and sister. Kathy, how are you? I'm doing great, Benji. Thank you. Great. And it's so good to have you. And I'm so excited about what you wanted to talk about today. But before we get there, everyone, you're listening to the MatchNet Podcast. This is the only podcast on the planet that is for helping you guys prepare well for matching and blessing. I think it's still the only one on the planet. Let us know if we have competitors in our in our faith if we do let us know so that we can crush them i mean collaborate with them and uh that would that would be fantastic <laughs> no we only do this to help you guys so uh i i do not ask you often to subscribe or follow because i don't want to be that guy but the reality is if you do follow and subscribe then you'll spend more time with us probably right when we post stuff you can be notified so we're on spotify youtube uh all the podcasts google podcast apple podcast and uh we just want to spend more time with you guys and the more you have give and take about matching and blessing and have your gears turning and hear perspectives the more you will gravitate towards taking action towards where you want to go and so that's what we want for you guys does that sound good <clears throat> Great. Sounds good. Kathy said it, guys. She said it. <laughs> the personal trainer said it. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> I'm here in paradise. If you're watching video, there's this picture behind me that says paradise. It's a picture of paradise. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to get to paradise, Kathy, tell us what you wanted to discuss. What's on your heart? Oh, yeah. So, um, well, in the coming past coming weeks, uh actually months all uh, the the main focus has been um i guess different topics one um a big one when i talk to sisters obviously in my group of friends of singles who are looking for a matching partner um the big topic is finding men and not boys mm -hmm. um and then that conversation tends to lead towards what does that look like and what does a, what a what a man looks like what does true masculinity look like right we're talking a lot recently about true femininity especially with true mother in the position that she's in right now um but a lot of times we are also facing a different issue where men don't really understand the role of what a true masculine um husband um looks like and what that what that is supposed to be in a relationship and so then that topic then evolved into what about in a traditional marriage in a faith-based marriage um what does traditional marriage look like now what is a bible-based or principle-based marriage look like um to society and also in in the words of our true parents so those are three topics that are closely interconnected. I feel like that I have been talking with multiple men and women about. So that's kind of what I wanted to touch on today. Right. That's fantastic. Uh, let's put a disclaimer here first, because this topic is going to trigger a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people. And that's okay. Because I think everyone knows by now how much we love everyone. We have no judgment or a little bit of judgment. I think judgment is, I think God gave us judgment. There's a little, there's a little judgment we need in this world, you know, to feel a little judged because otherwise we would just be psychotic, degenerate people, right? Anyways, a little judgment can help, but in a loving way, I think it's possible to be like you would to a child, you know, we don't want to live in a world where parents are not judge, judging their children, right? Of course, that's a loaded word, but judging them in a loving way, you know, telling them right for wrong. And it's possible to be stern with people and with the people that we love while also loving them and being caring for them. So big disclaimer here, we're going to be talking about masculinity and femininity. That's what you want to talk about. Um, but I'm really curious about, you, you mentioned this kind of linear train of thought that people are taking on to is like, okay, I want to find a man, a masculine man that is not a boy. I don't want to raise, right? That's a big thing for women. I don't want to have to raise my husband to be a man. That's yeah. not women's job at all right but also that's the kind of reality that i think people are facing when they're having conversations and seeing who's out there so and then the next question you said is what does that look like can you, can you from your perspective and maybe i'll share a little of mine like what is a true man look like and a true woman yeah well 
you know, interesting enough, um, I feel like when we when women look for a masculine man, a lot of times it's it's not just looking like what does that person have to have, but it's also about what we women need to focus on. So it's almost like an internal approach, like to find a masculine man. I think the first and foremost important thing that they need to have is a strong relationship with God. And for you to attract that kind of person, you as a woman also need to have a strong relationship with God. So everything is right. It's 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 reverse towards you. What you want in a spouse, you also need to be able to either um, have in yourself or be working towards or being willing to be um, not an object, but a good counterpart to that type of man who is to become your future husband, right? Like if you want a masculine man, you, you as a woman need to be able to support that masculine man who is on a mission for God and is on a mission to have a family that is in line with you. Mm. So, you know, so you're looking for a specific thing, but you also, as a woman need to work on those things yourself. Um, So I guess my very first idea when it comes to mind, a masculine man is someone who is one with God or having, or being in the right path towards having that relationship with God. And the reason why I say this is I really feel one of the differences of men and women is that women need to have, I guess, a husband who can take care of them, right? That's, that is, that is what makes us feel feminine. That's what makes us feel protective. What makes us feel safe to blossom in our own role as mothers. If a man doesn't really have an authority to, to answer to, they kind of go rogue, right? I feel like men do really well when it comes to, you know, like, you know, you're thinking about like, I don't know, military, battlefield, they're always answering to somebody, they're all, you know, there's, there's like a set of rules that men feel like they, they need accountability, if they don't have authority, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Benji, but I feel like if, if they don't have a central, central figure, or, or, um, or someone to hold them accountable, then there's this whole, like, I don't know, sense of power that is, is not direct, being directed properly, it's almost like an unselfish way of, not controlling, but it can tend to be that way if there's not a center in their life that they are aligning themselves with. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, men, so, men, need, men need role models. We need direction. We need a compass. Yeah. And many men don't have that. And so many men do gravitate towards finding that. I think all men innately try to find that in our lives. And sometimes we land on really great role models and sometimes we don't, right? Of course, the yeah. father's role, that's the father's role. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that uh, I, I think of like my my family, for example, I feel like I'm the captain captain of our ship. This is the role I have. I'm the I'm the compass. I'm the I'm the teacher. And of course, my wife is like the how do I say this in a loving way? She's the she's the maintenance of our ship. She's the one that the kids go to when they make mistakes, when they feel hurt, when they need love and acceptance and grace. And I'm the one they go to when they need direction, you know? And so I'll just give a quick example of this while it's on my mind. We were in Champyang just uh, for a few weeks in Korea and we were doing Chanyang, right? And my son was, we were doing Chanyang and it was nice, it was enjoyable. And my son is sitting in the back because he's tired, whatever, done it a few times. He's sitting in the back eating ampang, like Korean bread. And he's got his feet sticking out <laughs> towards your parents' picture. And he's sitting on the back wall, right? And then, so I go back there and I say, Kojin, do Chanyang or we're going we're gonna to leave. Like kindly. I was like, you got to do the Chanyang or we're going to leave like that. And then my wife was like, oh, it's okay. He's still benefiting from, from being in the presence of Chanyang, right? And so I was like, okay, I went back to do Chanyang. And I look back and he's still sitting with his feet out eating his ampang. <laughs> and so I went back there again. I was like, Kojin, you're going to do Chanyang or we're leaving. And then my wife was like, no, no, it's okay, right? And so this is a portrayal of the masculine feminine in, in my experience. This is just my experience. And then, and then I was like, okay, we're leaving. And then we had this conversation back in the car again. And I asked Kojin and my family, I was like, why, why did I say we have to leave? 
And I said, it's not because of the spiritual aspects. I get it. It's because it's disrespectful to everyone that is putting in the effort to do Chanyang and sincerely doing it. And having somebody in the back who is just not really enjoying or not experiencing it, not committing and engaging in it, it takes down the entire spirit and atmosphere of the entire room. It's the same as if you're a pastor giving a sermon and there's some dude in the back of the room that's on their phone. It immediately disrupts the vibe and the environment of the spirit. Okay. And I said, it's not for, for spiritual reasons. I said, because it's disrespectful that to everyone that is in there doing their best to do chanya. Mm -hmm. And so this was a lesson that I was trying to teach him. And he was, and of course my son was crying, you know, cause I was like, we got, we're going to leave because you're not doing it. And he was crying. He doesn't cry often, but this really kind of hurt him. Right. And my wife was like, don't you think it was a little too harsh to say that? And I said, first of all, I did it in a loving way. I wasn't angry. I was stern. And secondly, this is a, this is a lesson that he will remember the rest of his life. And that's what I want to instill in him. And so do we need someone to teach men right from wrong? Yes. Do we need mothers to teach children that they're still loved regardless of the mistakes they made? Yeah, we need both. We absolutely need both. And the problem is that men and women are pointing fingers at each other and saying the other one's wrong and I'm right. The reality is we need both. That's the balance. That, my friends, that's the heavenly mother and heavenly father. Just as we need a mother and a father, we need heavenly mother and we need heavenly father. Mm -hmm. And so my experience so far and being blessed now for 13 years is that my role has developed more and more towards being the captain, captain of this ship. And I will teach my kids. And of course, it, it depends on family by family. But my family is like, I'm the captain. And my wife is sometimes the captain. Like there are some things where she is like the absolute authority and moral code for our family, especially regarding like spiritual things and regarding true parents because she studied theology at, you know, at Sun Moon. So she's the theologian. And so that kind of stuff, she's like the absolute authority. When it comes to food and, and like nutrition, <laughs> she is the absolute authority and she's driving the ship. But when it comes to like a, like long-term life of faith and, and standards, that's, that's my job. And my wife is there to kind of catch my kids if, if, if uh, they need some support and if dad's being a little harsh, right? By the way, I don't want to paint this picture like I'm just a mean old, old dude. I, I'm, I'm very playful. Like if you meet me in, in person, I love children. Children love me and, and we're very playful in person. But there's some times where I just put my foot down like we're leaving. Like we're not, you're going to do this or we're leaving. Anyway, so that's a long-winded story to help understand how I believe and how I've experienced because we're figuring this stuff out, right? We don't have a rule book or guidebook about how to be a masculine man. We don't have it. I think God has a vision and there's true parents and there's true parents' words. And it's it's like we kind of have to extrapolate our lives into what we hear from true mother and true father. And to be honest, it's like we can say, oh, father, father and mother are the ideal, right? And that's usually what we say is we should strive to be like them. But when I hear that, my first thought is, I don't even know what that means, you know, because I don't know father and mother intimately. I don't. And of course, I believe that they are the ideal, right? But I don't know them. I don't know how they respond to stuff. I don't know how they treat each other. I don't know how they respond to stress or anger or how they talk to their kids. Right. And also they didn't live a normal life. Like we do, we they didn't, they didn't live an average day-to-day -day life. They were, they had a messianic role a messianic mission. Well, they have a messianic mission. So it's kind of hard for me on a personal level to say like, I want to be like them when I don't really know who they are. I know, I know the words, I know their guidance, but I know who they are as people. So it's hard to say like, that's the ideal. And so I think that we're figuring it out, but all I know is my experience that comes from my conscience and from my heart. And that is exactly what I said, is that my role as a father is to, is to teach. And that's what I know for sure. Um, and I'm not going to, and, and case in point, how many men do we have in this world that are, that are sheepish, that are boyish? Because fundamentally, they didn't have that guidance. They didn't have a, a role model that will teach them what is right and what is wrong, how to live a life. And so they're figuring out as we go, right? Okay, I'll pass it back to you. Thanks for yeah. listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> no, that, that's, that is face case in point. What I'm trying to hint at is that mm -hmm. there is a place in time for the motherly love to take place. But that's 
that's the feminine's role and and we're good at that we were built for that like you know biologically that's the maternal heart that we all have and are born with and fathers are not good as great at that yes. because they're, they're they weren't built for that you yes know? Gener generally yes you're absolutely right generally yeah and you know they can they can understand and and there's room for reasoning and and getting on the same page as you know in general but um you know i read somewhere that today there's just a lack of father figures uh, just just generally you know most men are not you know, most teachers are women not a whole lot of men in in the schools um there's a lot of single parenting unfortunately happening in the world or even in our own blessed families a lot of times the men are just the fathers are not around often so there's a there's a lack of genuine male support for young boys today and uh and we tend you know we tend to see it now in today's society unfortunately so you know, in my conversations with a lot of sisters, they're they're looking at their own matching processes. And unfortunately, they're they're out there and they're putting themselves out there, but the men that are coming up or that are potential candidates are still in this, unfortunately, this boy period where they they have no direction, they don't know where they're at in regards to their life of faith uh, yet. This is generally speaking. I know there are some good men out there, but generally speaking, a lot are still kind of figuring things out, whether that's in their faith, what kind of relationship they want. They know they want to be matched sometimes, but sometimes they don't even know if they want to receive the blessing. And this is a whole other thing, you know? And it's like, how can you want someone to be matched to you, but, and they're putting themselves out there, they're doing all this work, they're, they're becoming candidates through MatchNet. But when it comes down to the conversation, they're like, well, I don't really know if this, if the blessing really is anything like, you know, I'd rather just get uh, married, you know, like these are real conversations happening and a lot of sisters are feeling yeah. um, hurt um, or even played by this. So it's really important that men have a vision. Mm -hmm. They have an alignment with God, especially if they're going to go the route of the blessing. Um, so to me, the first sign of masculinity is that you are making the effort to become one with God or having a relationship with God. And because I feel like when you have that intact, then you have the potential to create a lifelong marriage. I don't know how you can go through the ups and downs of marriage without having God as your anchor. Um, you know, even if you have tough relationship with your parents or your father or your mother, but you're trying to do your best and having that alignment in a God-centered way, I think that's the only way you can survive the ups and downs of a, of a lifelong marriage. Yeah, that's absolutely, I agree with that. I think something that might be helpful for people that are looking for a matching partner is, and I don't say this lightly, but knowing that there are men out there might be helpful. It's not like there are no men, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe it's harder to find. And perhaps some people feel a bit of like urgency and competitiveness even, right? Mm. In the female side, like, and also I was talking with a sister who is experiencing this kind of this fear of, am I good enough? Because if there are a select number of really good men, am I good enough to have one of them? Would you say that that's a feeling that people have? Yeah, yeah, there are definitely some feelings about that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's hard. That's really hard. But I think that knowing that there are men, because if there were not any men out there, then nobody would... Nobody would be doing this. Like no one would get blessed. <laughs> no one would be creating this family, right? I think another perspective that's been helpful for me, speaking as a man that got blessed when I was 18 years old, and just think about that logically. What are the chances that an 18-year-old man that has never been in a relationship, that does not have work, would be a man and not a boy? Pretty low chances, right? <laughs> to be honest. Right. So I'm saying this because there's a certain extent where you have to, you have to know that it's part of the process is marriage and children is how men are created. And I'm not saying that that's the woman's job to raise a man, but it's through, it's through the struggles and the becoming one and learning how to trust, learning how to communicate. It's through the process of being married that one becomes a man. It's through the realizations of like, oh, I have someone I need to protect. 
and I need to take care of. Because if I don't, nobody will. I have children that I need to raise and I need to teach. Because if I don't, nobody will <laughs> or the wrong people will, right? And so it's through the process of marriage and family that one becomes a man. That's been my experience. And I don't think a man, this is father's words, by the way. I don't think a man or woman can, can be the ideal without it, without each other. They can't. You can't be God without each other. And so the question that is asked now is, okay, what is that milestone? What is the threshold that you can pass before you can say, okay, I'm mature enough. I am X amount. I've extended the, the threshold through, through which now I can say I'm ready for marriage and blessing, right? And I made a video about this, the seven steps to, to the blessing, right? And what my experience has been is that for men, it's relation, well, not just men, women too. Number one, relationship with God. Okay. Like a foundational, just like you're saying, Kathy, a foundational relationship with God, not a perfect relationship, but a relationship and curiosity and, and desire to grow in that relationship over time. And then the other thing I would say is sexual integrity. And the reason I say that is because if you have sexual integrity, which means your, your words and your actions are aligned, um, your vision in your actions rely. And the reason this is important is because, because the vast majority of single men and women struggle with sexual integrity, with porn, masturbation, with social media use, with uh, erotica, that kind of thing. And so what comes with sexual integrity is the ability to understand and have introspection, self-awareness, mood regulation, emotional uh, intelligence, the ability to communicate right with people, communicate how I'm feeling, my emotions with others, which is a fantastic catch all to indicate that someone is ready for a relationship, right? Because if you have somebody that has a close relationship with God or a relationship with God and has sexual integrity, then like you can't defeat that couple. If you put those two people together, you can't defeat, like there's nothing that they won't grow into and they can grow into whatever that they, they want to in their lives. Right? So, and then because of our faith, I would say the third thing would be a understanding of the blessing. Because we're talking in the realm of the blessing and true parents, there has to be a certain level of understanding what the blessing is and importantly, a desire to over time develop my understanding of that blessing. And because that's the reality, that's actually, it's like you can't study the blessing enough and then just, there's, there's a point where you understand it enough and then you have to practice it. And that's where the real learning comes into place. <laughs> That's where the real is like, oh, I get it now. I get that this is the blessing because I'm practicing it every day. So basic understanding the blessing and then a desire to practice it and to grow in my curiosity to understand it more over time. Um, this really hit me. I'll just say a quick, quick story on this. This really hit me when I was talking with an older first generation. He's in his 60s. He has many children, more than, more than six children, right? And he... I asked him in a kind of a deep conversation. I said, what do you regret about raising your kids? Because I was just curious, you know, he's, he's done a great job, but I was just curious, like, is there anything you regret in your kids? Because I want to know as a father myself. And he said that I regret that I didn't teach my children about the blessing, right? And I was like, really interesting. And I asked him, why did you not teach your kids about the blessing? And he said, the most honest, sincere answer you could ever ask. He said, I didn't teach them because I didn't understand it. Most people would say, I didn't teach them because whatever reason, because the school brainwashed my kids, because they're not interested, because whatever reason. But he said, because I didn't get it. And therefore, I didn't know how to teach it. And so I was like, how did you understand the blessing then? He's like, now I understand. And, and this guy in his 60s who just in the last few years finally feels like he gets what the blessing is, right? <laughs> And I asked him, how did you, how do you understand what the blessing is? And you know what he said? What? Podcast. <laughs> the really? Yeah, this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing the humility actually that he had about this, but the realization, the learning point that I had is that you, you, you understand the blessing through practicing it. You understand the blessing through being curious enough to go, oh man, there's something here that I, that I don't understand. And the tragedy in today's world is that people are not curious. They look through a lens, a tiny little peephole at the world and say, oh yes, I know what that is. 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 That's this. And that's what they're doing. And I don't want anything to do with that. 
you know, and they're not thinking, oh, maybe there's something else that I'm not seeing here. And that's how people, that's how people grow in spirituality, the spiritual things, their relationship with God, their understanding of the blessing and true parents is like, I want to know more. Tell me more because there's something I'm not seeing. Maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. And wow. That's a great plug for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So to your point, and I think that's a great point that you made about the curiosity to delve deeper into the blessing, because I mm. feel like, especially, you know, I have a lot of friends that are in this situation, they receive the blessing, but it kind of stops there. You know, the blessing was a, it was a thing to do. It was a checklist. And now mm. they are becoming a part of this world and being pulled by the secular world and that, you know, it, it, they're just living a life of a family trying to make it by and, you know, good schools, good careers. Um, but not a whole lot of an internal growth. And I think staying curious and understanding the value of growing in your blessing and your marriage is is a huge sign of, of having the capability to lead your family is if you can continue to educate your children and bring your family closer and in, in actualizing what that blessing means. Um, so that was a great point. And I think it just speaks to the other I think another point that I wanted to touch on about true roles in a marriage is not being pulled by this world. And I think that's a really hard thing to do when we live in a secular world. Everywhere we go, you know, we interact with coworkers or just, you know, media, social media, whatever. We, we, we like being comfortable and we forget that we are spiritual beings that have a need to feed our spiritual lives. And I think the greatest sign of having a capable uh, masculine husband or, or father is that he doesn't forget that. And his first and foremost role is bringing his family closer to heaven. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a telltale sign of having a strong, capable male leading your family. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it's so powerful and important. I think... I want to ask you, like, how does, how does a, well, first of all, like, why, why is it that women are generally better at this stuff than men are? You know, like, What's that? No, one, no one's like, oh man, women need to women up. Huh? <laughs> They're so gross. Well, I mean, some people, but no one's talking about women. So is it that women are just better at this stuff or is it a perception thing or, but also like, how do we level up in our, manliness and womanliness you know what are your thoughts on that you know i don't actually think maybe women just get by easier because it's hard to talk against women and then you become labeled a misogynist <laughs> i don't know but i but you, you said it not me <laughs> i did say it because there's a lot of women that also we talk about true masculinity but there needs to be a conversation around true, true femininity as well because people are mixing up being a fem being a feminist over being a true feminine and they actually don't they, they clash when you think about it and i feel being a true feminine so okay a disclaimer i'm still trying to understand myself because one i'm actually going the route of embracing a traditional role meaning mm -hmm. I used to be that career chaser, you know, I mean, growing up in college, it, you know, we talk about, you know, feminism and you, you don't really need a man. You can be your own person. And I was wrapped in that before I got blessed. So to be honest, it was only when I got blessed that I was able to, because my husband was a capable leader in our relationship, he actually helped change me and I became more feminine in the presence of a more masculine man. And because I don't feel like I had to raise him up. I didn't feel like he was a boy. I felt like, okay, like he knows where he's going and I want to support that. And I heard somewhere that a woman can either be the sail under the man's wing and lift him up, or you could be the, the, the cause for his demise that he'll crash, you know? So we have a huge responsibility in how we treat our husbands and how we treat the relationship in the matching process and after the matching into our blessed lives dang so he helped you be a woman have you helped him be a man would you say i 
I I would like to say so. I think he can attest that I was able to do. I'm still working on that, but I think we're on a good page. <laughs> Got it. I have been thinking about this a lot recently. I think polar opposites do attract if they're if they're played right. If they're if they play to their genuine role and their innate role, then they do attract. So we're very similar. My wife and I. She kind of grew up when we got blessed. She was a more like I want to say masculine, but very like driven and direct. And honestly, I was very like sheepish and like feminine and like, how do I feel? And so this was a constant struggle in our relationship because <laughs> women, if I, okay, I'm going to give you guys, all the men out there, a, an eternal life hack that will save you thousands of hours of tears and emotional torment. Okay. Ready for this? Women need women. <laughs> and men and men need men. The problem that arises in too many couples is that the couple themselves does not have an outside support system. So the woman will go to the man for support and guidance and sharing. And the reality is that men are very bad at this. We're very bad. Generally speaking, there are some men that are like able to listen to their wife and yes, honey, I know I'm such a terrible person. I know I'm the worst. I know. I agree with you. I can't do that. I can't do it. <laughs> I will try. I have tried for years, especially in the beginning because women, it's like my wife will, you know, if she's having her, her time of the month, she's not, she's PMSing or whatever. She'd be like trying to talk to somebody and the closest person she can grab onto is me. And then she starts complaining about me to me. And I sit there and be like, yes, mm -hmm, I know. I know. Yes, I'm the worst. I know, honey. But in my mind, I'm like, like I'm going to defend myself and I want to fix her. Right. And I didn't realize this until about 10 years into our blessing. And I told my wife, you need to find women. And if you don't, you're going to be unhappy your entire life because I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> and I accepted that instead of beating myself because like, oh, I, I wish I could listen and empathize better. I'm like, no, I can't. So now when she does that, which sometimes she does now, even though she's gotten really good at connecting with women, she does it. I'm like, talk to your mom. Like, sorry, talk to me. Sometimes like talk to, talk, call your sister, call your mom, call, call your friend, because like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so, and I know that sounds harsh and like, we want to be our, our woman's best listener, but I was like, I can't do it because women need women. It's biologically ingrained in them. And by the way, men need men. And that's like, that's obvious because that's how men become men. It's like, we have competitors, we have role models, we have people that we can push each other to grow and to get better. We put a bunch of men in the room. If you took, if you have a family of a bunch of brothers, like just look at how competitive they are. Look how fit they are. Look how strong they are. Look how good they're, they are at sports. Why is that? Because <laughs> they're competitive. Like we want to grow in the presence of other men. And so it's like, it saved me so much torment over the last few years because I'm just like, I just accept like, I can't do that for my wife. And so of course, to an extent I will like listen, but if it becomes too much for me and then I start like defending myself or trying to fix her, which is a big problem right. men make, right? Then I'm like, okay, you need to reach out to your friends. And I even call her friends and say, hey, can you talk to Hitoe? Like she needs some love and support. I'll do that. I'll do that because that's my job. My job as the man in the house is to create the environment for our family. And it's my job to find her support system, like, like to an extent. And she's gotten really good at it now. So now she has few friends she'll reach out to. She talks to her mom more frequently. She talks to her sisters more frequently because she needs that, right? And for me, I got my bros. We go camping like once a month or every few months. We go and do game nights. We play volleyball, that kind of thing. And it's been like life-saving because now we have a way to deal with the issues of being a man and the issues of being a woman that is unique to each person. And so we're, we're able to play into the role of masculine and feminine. And what happens is it attracts. And so what's going on at the end of everything I've been learning is that my wife and I are more attracted to each other. We're more happy with each other. We're more like, I like being with you. You know what I'm saying? I like being with my wife as opposed to it being a chore. You know, mm -hmm. like it's, it's difficult and I have to listen. It's like, I like being with you because I can feel okay to be me and to be a man and she can be herself, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. And um, yeah, like today my, I was coming back from an appointment 
Mm-hmm. And my husband just texted me. He's like, you know what? Just go take the rest of the day and go get yourself a coffee, go eat lunch out and, um, and then just get our daughter on the way back. So he gave me space for myself. And he knows that when I have things to talk about, like you said, why don't you go call your, your, your cousin, go call your friends or whatever. And, and I think that's phenomenal. And that's a great gift you could give your spouse or future spouse. But and at the same time, like you said, men need other men to hold themselves accountable. You can't go to another woman and tell them because women, we tend to be soft and we tend to be like, okay, well, you know, we're very forgiving, but you need men who are also godly men who can help shape you because there is a whole other group of men and you know that you can hang out with and unfortunately the advice might not be great so you need men and brothers who Mm -hmm. will bring you up in valuing your your spouse or your future spouse and not the opposite where you're tearing down your spouse because that could also happen Mm -hmm. but men because they're not good at all sharing and opening their feelings it's very important to have that support system as well so i really i agree with that yeah, just on that point, there's a couple that I was mentoring through a split and splitting up. And they, they, uh, part of the problem was like, okay, I'll be, I'll be frank here. The husband was very, like, he never learned how to stand his ground. So they were in a situation where they were, uh, you know, blessed for, for a number of years, no children, and they were very career oriented. And there was like, there's a certain point where if you're blessed for, many years and there's no children it's like what's the point of this relationship really honestly is it really just to travel the world together in a camper van or whatever really Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. you're blessed what's the point of the blessing if it's not for children to a certain point you got to be like okay one of the kids coming right so the husband wanted kids the husband wanted kids and he was like oh can we have children soon and and the wife was like no like i want to focus on my my work my career right which is commendable and fine and then the husband is like, okay, like I'll support you and like this kind of stuff. And there was a certain years that went by. And then I know this is unpopular to say, and you can cancel me, you can delete me. But I told him like, you got to say like, we're having kids or I'm out. There's a certain point where you just got to say like, this is the purpose. Like, what's the point of this relationship? Um, not like an ultimatum, but like stand your ground for what you want and not just be like a, you know, okay, whatever you want, I'll, I'll support you. And then- and part of the problem was just like to your point, the wife was not support, not surrounding herself with good women that were lifting her up, that were showing her uh, a good, a better way. Because all of, all of her friends were negative to the church, jaded second gen people that were, you know, like I don't need, I don't need a man, I don't need a family, that kind of stuff. So that's the that's the womanly environment that she was surrounding herself with. So to your point, it's like we got to find the people that are going to uplift us to be better through curiosity, you know, because if you're curious, you'll be like, oh, maybe there's a perspective on family and marriage that I'm not seeing. And I'm going to hang out with those people and see what I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for the, on the man's side, the husband, uh, he, I, I think he could have done better at just standing his ground for what he believes and being the, the compass for their family. Mm-hmm. And also he maybe could have surrounded himself with other men that were going to support him and push him and tell him straight, like, yeah. you know, this is not, this is not working. How long have you been married for? You know? Yeah. Um, so there you go. That's, that's a real story. And that's not as uncommon as you think. That's that kind of stuff happens all the time in our church and outside of our church. And it's really, I think a lot of the issues can be resolved if people live will stand into step into their role as a man or a woman and learn how to be that learn how to be a man how to be a woman figure out exactly what that means you can think of it in terms of like what is god's vision for what a true man is what is god's vision for a true woman what is god's masculine nature what is god's feminine nature what does heavenly father mean what does heavenly mother mean and figure that out what is god's masculine heart and god's feminine heart and whoever you ask, it's going to be different. We're figuring it out. Right. But I think there has to be a certain element of like, I want to figure this out and be courageous enough to say that I don't understand that. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going down a wrong path, you know? Um, yeah. 
yeah that and you're right it's i know far too many situations similar to that benji and yeah. um, it also goes both ways because there are some situations where the man doesn't want to have children now the woman has to figure out what do i do he doesn't want kids and i think Boys. one of the biggest things that i wanted to like touch on is now we're looking at traditional roles at what point does a career-oriented woman have to keep pursuing their career until they realize that at some point you need to figure out is it career or is it family, you know? And yeah. I have I I've asked a bunch of men, you know, in this in the position I'm in, what do you want in a spouse? And very sometimes they say, I want someone that challenges me. I'm like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Do you really want someone that challenges you or someone that 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 will encourage you because those are two very different things. <laughs> and um, if you really want a woman that is going to challenge you, I, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> if you want a woman who supports you, that's different. Feminist. Right? feminist. I want a feminist wife. <laughs> right. Like, do you really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't right, think just... that's really what you want. And um, and then there's a lot of women right now. And God, you know, God bless them. They're in their mm. mid thirties. They're still single. They want a matching partner, but they want someone who will support them in their missionary work because they want to continue living for the providence, living for this, which is all great. But you're in your mid-30s now and you're still single. And a lot of these men probably want to have children very soon because they're, you're in that age. So at what point are you potentially going to have to take a step back from your career, your mission, and now focus on this second blessing? So... That's something to really consider. And I feel strongly that women, as we understand our role, there is no greater role than becoming a homemaker, a wife, because that impact is greater than any career you'll have. And that impact transfers to generations, your children, your grandchildren, and your career and everything else doesn't stand a chance against that main position of being a wife and a homemaker and a mother to your kids. Thank you, Cassie. That makes me uh, emotional hearing actually. Um, because many times I, you know, like I'm I'm Uncle Benji in, in our movement. Like everyone knows me. Every time we go to Champion or to workshops, everyone's like, oh, Benji, Benji, Benji. And, and <laughs> my wife, Sometimes when she's in her low moments, she'll say like, what am I doing with my life? Cause she's a homemaker, you know, like you. And she is with the kids every day, all day. And she'll say stuff like, what am I doing with my life? And you know, you're getting all the glory and impact and it like breaks my heart. But also I, I feel for her. Cause I'm like, I always remind, I have to remind her. I say like, honey, you're playing the long game. You're playing the long game. And it's hard because parenting being a mother, you don't see the rewards immediately. You don't get likes and comments and hearts. You you're playing the long game and no one is no one is really gonna know. Even if you did like put everything on the internet, Instagram, nobody sees you waking up in the middle of the night to feed a baby. Nobody sees that. God sees it. Your ancestors see it. But that's a long game to play. And so I have to remind her, and she has to remind herself, it's like this is this is where it really counts the impact that is made because in a hundred years from now no one will remember me a thousand years from now absolutely no one will remember me but they will remember the impact the impact you made will be will be remembered throughout history yeah even if they forget our names mm -hmm. and they will mm -hmm. and that's the long game so it got me emotional because i was thinking about just how impactful women's women's uh, role is a mother's role is a father's role as well but how hard it is to to see that mm -hmm. because we tend to think short-sighted i have the gift of long-term thinking this is something i i believe i'm exceptional at even though i think i'm not exceptional at a lot of stuff to be honest i'm exceptional at thinking long term and how things will be in decades generations from now and i know for a fact that my wife's contribution to the family even though she's thinking day to day, you know, yeah. keeping the kids alive day to day, right. every right. day looks the goddamn same. I'm sorry to curse. Yeah. Every yeah, day looks the freaking same. True. Yeah. 
We don't see them growing. We don't see them learning. But I can see that the impact he's made generations from now. So I want to make this practical for a second because I know people are listening and they're like, okay, I want to get into a relationship. I want to get blessed. And my role, I don't know what my role is going to be or, right? I would say at the risk of being canceled for this, I would say that is absolutely essential to have one parent that spends the majority of the time at home, especially when the kids are young, you know, like from zero to seven, I would say it is essential to have one parent at home. Whoever that parent is, doesn't really matter. It's case by case. Um, I think women are better at it, generally speaking, because I don't know many men that can really are really good at doing that and being loving and patient because we are impatient and we are sometimes harsh. But if a man can really be that, like sometimes men have a genuine uh, feminine side and that's that's a God-given quality that they have. And sometimes women have a sincere masculine nature. Not, not like a feminist masculine, like a, like a sincere masculine nature. And perhaps that's, you know, God's gift to them. It's case by case. But I would say that women, the person that is home does not have to sacrifice their ambitions at all, right? Case in point, you, Kathy, right? Yeah. <laughs> they can still work. I think the right. challenge is working a corporate job as a mom is that's where it gets really hard. Because it is significantly harder for a woman to work in a corporate environment than it is for a man. That's biologically, you know, like feeding and Correct. caring for, right? It's harder, but there is ways. And I want you to talk about this if you can. I'm kind of speaking for you for here. There's ways to, to con contribute, to have passions, to work even in a way that's flexible. That's not requiring you to climb the corporate ladder as it is. Right. Yeah. Right. What do you think? A hundred percent. I I honestly think women in this day and age have been indoctrinated really to leave the homes and have other people take care of their kids. And the best person to do that is the mother. It's her God-given responsibility. Yes, it can be the mom or dad staying home. However, as the motherly part of this relationship, you are the best suited person to care for your kids biologically, emotionally, artistically. Um, and so when it came down to, right, I went, went to college, pursued, you know, um, uh, um, my business and, and all these things, right? I had these mm -hmm. goals for myself. However, when I found a, a match who had all the qualities that I wanted to lead me and our future family, I was able to be like, yeah, I can get behind that vision. So therefore, mm -hmm. Being a feminist, I became more feminine in God's perspective. And therefore, I'm okay with being myself and having my husband take on the role of, you know, caring for our family, going to, you know, bringing home the bacon or whatever, because that means I am, I am able to stay home and take care of our kids. And yes, it is hard day in and day out. Like you said, you don't see the rewards very often. And it's, it's, it's exhausting, quite frankly. However, when I see my kids blossoming into the, the who they are now, and I know what their future will hold for them, you, I, I am rest assured that my sleepless nights and my crazy days are paying are are are, are paying dividends um, every single day. Now, I'm I, there are some things that I'm passionate about, and and thank goodness that you are the kind of husband that can remind your wife, Angie, because I think more men need to do this. We need to remind our spouse. Husbands need to remind their wives that they are more than just wife. Okay, you are more than just mother. I am still Kathy. I have, I have talents. I have creativity. I have a unique nature, and you need to remind each other. You need to remind your husband, wives, uh, husbands. Remind your your wives that they are unique and they are capable of of more things than just being a mother. But that is also an important role. So, women choose if you choose to work great but understand that you don't have to if you want to support your husband i think that's commendable and that's an, um, an important thing that you can do is your husband works and you take care of the kids that's nothing to look down on okay we need to, to get away from the stigma that a stay-at-home parent is is less than yeah. a working parent. yeah it's hard it breaks my heart when i ask like women like what do you do you know what, like what are you doing in life and they're like oh i'm just a stay-at-home mom. I'm like, 
don't say that. I always say like, don't say just. <laughs> you say, I am a stay-at-home mother. I am a, I am a, I'm raising future leaders of this world. Something like that. That's what you should say. Exactly. You know? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, Kathy, uh, this has been a spicy episode. It's been one of my favorites, to be honest. I It's hard to talk about this stuff because of, like, it's it's weird how, that it is hard to talk about, you know, maybe not yeah. for you, but it's like a little bit of like, ooh, you know, how will this be perceived? I know, I know, it, it's taboo yeah. sometimes. <laughs> but it's, it's weird that in, in most cultures in the world, it is right. totally normal. But I think it's the perception or the indoctrination happens because of the media, right? Most yeah. of the media the reality is a lot of us spend a lot of time online, YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And a lot of the media is going that direction. And that's just the reality. Like the, most of the media is is teaching that, that kind of standard. And nobody really says stuff like, oh, one person should stay home and take care of the kids. And that your greatest role in life is to be a parent and a spouse. No one says that. So we are also consuming this stuff and being led down this path. But the reality, the real real is that most of the world traditional roles are absolutely accepted and thriving. Uh, yeah. It's harder in countries like America where it's very, very political and divided, but, um, mm -hmm. but we're not political people. We are godly people. Yeah. Amen. Adieu. Yeah. Okay. Kathy, uh, we'll wrap up anything you want to end with. Uh, no, I think that's it. Cool. We love all you guys. Please join the MatchNet program at matchnet.us to get a systematic guide through the matching process. Start today. Be fearless. Be bold. We're doing this podcast because we want you to take bold, courageous action. And when you do that, your life will change because you are no longer living with shadows. You're living fearlessly in the light of God. And uh, we want to help you guys get there. All right. Do subscribe, do follow us and watch the next episode or the previous episode. And uh, we'll catch you later. All right. Let us know if you like this episode this kind of content, let us know in the comments or reach out to us because then we will make more stuff like this. All right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you everyone. <laughs>